Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. The Opinions, the panel. Joined by Hamish Bidwell, still trying to get uh, Jamie Wall up on the line. So, Hamish, it's you and I at the moment, mate, and uh, let's uh, digest uh, what we've been witnessing over the last uh, seven or eight days in uh, all-black environment. Uh, have the right people been made scapegoats, do you believe? No, no, I don't. Um, I hold Ian Foster fairly responsible for all this, and, and above him, Mark Robinson at NZR. Like, I, at what point... Are these men accountable? Like, it's, it's hellishly tough on Plumtree and Moore, um, who, I mean, they're just underlings. They're surely relatively blameless in all this. It's easy to, to point the finger at them now and say, well, these are the only things holding the team back and it's all going to be, you know, greatness and prosperity from here. But I, I just find it... Like, at what point does does the, the losing and the, and the performances... Um, that are below the potential of the team actually matter. Like, New Zealand rugby seem less concerned about that and more concerned about saving face, about any admission of wrongdoing or fault. I find that really hard to, to comprehend. Like, I think people want to support the team. They want to see them do well. But as it's currently constructed and as NZR have acted in this really intriguing couple of weeks, like, I think people have are becoming disillusioned with the whole outfit and they, 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 they want answers, they're not getting them. I mean, it was all very well for Ian Foster to come out and proclaim himself a coach and, and to speak up for himself today, and that was good, but it's all talk. Like, we've heard him for years talk about markers and lessons and stark realisations and there's been vows to improve and, and to, 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 to heed what the team have learnt from disappointing performances, and nothing's ever changed. Like, that performance at Sky Stadium a couple of Saturdays ago now, was about as inept as we've ever seen from an All Blacks team. And yet, what changes? Not a lot. A bit of shuffling of the deck chairs behind the scenes, but, but little else. Like that, that's hard for people to, to tolerate on an endless basis. It is hard to tolerate. Um, I, I look at the timeline of how that uh, this sort of unfolded to me, Hamish, and uh, it looked like the, they'd cemented or tried to cement the team before anything else came about because there's been very little change of personnel in that direction. Yeah, I, I just, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm lucky. I'm not a day-to-day journalist anymore. I feel sorry for some of them. Some of them got a bit giddy on the winds of change and wrote some things about Ian Foster and NZR that perhaps now they have to deal with these people still might regret or feel slightly sheepish about. It seemed like something was going to happen. Um, but NZR have pushed all their chips in here on Kane. They've pushed them all in on Foster. And we'll see what happens. I'm lucky. I'm in a, a position where I'm dislocated from it. I'm just a, a freelance dribbler who waffles on and, and I don't have to deal with the All Blacks on a day-to-day basis anymore. And, you know, I, I can sit back and enjoy it. Like, they've, as I've said to you before, they've made their bed and mm. they don't have a lot of goodwill out there among people. And so when things don't go well there's going to be a backlash and it'll continue to happen and, and whether staffers take to LinkedIn or the, the coach proclaims himself to be the coach, that won't wash for that many people. Right, um, Mark Robinson apparently is going to meet with uh, Andy Marinos to, uh, during the Commonwealth Games to discuss Super Rugby's Pacific future. Where do you see this one ending up? Uh, in compromise but I'm, I've, I've said many times I'd, I'd have been quite happy for New Zealand to go it alone. I understand their, their 
issues around broadcast and they need revenue from elsewhere and all that kind of stuff and then multinational competitions are seen as the, the, the best way to pay rugby's franchise way but I, I would be delighted to see Australia go it alone I'd be delighted to see New Zealand go it alone um, I, I'm glad that these men are going to get together and perhaps some of the foghorn diplomacy that Hamish McLennan the, the Rugby Australia chairman's embarked upon and, and Brent Impey his New Zealand counterpart before him before he left you know they, they would fire shots in the media that, that were necessary. I mean, I, I just think that Marinos and Robinson can sit down and talk as reasonable men or come to a reasonable compromise. But as a fan, I, I wouldn't miss Australia's teams. I'd be quite happy to see us do something uh, innovative and unique with New Zealand rugby. Be nice to actually if they just yeah maybe if they agree that it's it's sort of going nowhere whether they just take some time out and they go their own way and just see how it goes. What would be the harm in that? Well, Ian, you and I live in the provinces, and, and the game here is not in the health that it has been, and there's not a lot of association with, in our case, the Hurricanes as our sort of local franchise. They're, they're a, the days of regular matches at McLean Park are a distant memory. There's not a great connection between the fan base here and that team in Wellington, and, and I just think something that's more provincial-based would suit the New Zealand market better, and we get more profile for, for provincial rugby, which I think, frankly, deserves it, but hasn't had it, and is dwindling as a result. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'll let you uh, take a, a deep breath, uh, Hamish. Uh, we're still trying to get hold of uh, Jamie Wall, so it looks like it's just, just you and I at the moment. Take a breather. Uh, we'll have some news with uh, Araha, and when we come back, uh, another couple of issues to mull over as well. It's 10.31. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Hamish, just before we finish with Hamish Pidwell, by the way, folks, this morning, I, I just before we finish, can they, uh, I mean, it looks to, for all intents and purposes, and if initially, and whether it carries on or not, uh, Joe Smith's not going to be very hands-on with the All Blacks during her, this, this particular campaign anywhere for family reasons, obviously. Uh, is that going to work? Well, if his role is just to provide analysis and perhaps game planning information from afar and to select the team as a quote-unquote independent selector, then yes. But, I mean, when I looked at it after the, the Ireland series, I thought the most workable solution was him to come in at a formal basis and actually help coach the team. If that doesn't suit his circumstances, if he doesn't want to do that, that's fine. I think it's a shame. I think he would add a lot. But in terms of him performing the role that he's been hired to, yeah, I think he can do that from afar really, really easily. Okay, cool. Uh, let's hope it works that way. And uh, and uh, he's not a loss to us anyway. I think uh, well, I'm not quite sure we saw too much influence in the first side named uh, of Joe Smith. But however, we'll wait and see. Uh, cricket, of course, is ploughing ahead. Uh, team overseas at the moment. What have you made of uh, the performances of the Black Caps um, uh, throughout uh, Scotland and now heading towards the Netherlands? Well, I'm more focused on the West Indies trip because we have the, the big guns back. I'm interested to see that your man, Damon Cleaver, didn't make the cut, having sort of done well on, on this tour in Ireland. Um, he's a really emerging sort of player. I'm interested to see what they do. I mean, obviously, Daryl Mitchell opened at the last T20 World Cup and did it with, with a plum. He's now sort of playing more of a middle order and sort of closing type role. Um, I think it's good that they're having a good look at Finn Allen. I think we probably need something at the time. I'm, I... I I have a thing about Martin Guptill. I, I, I'm reminded of Peter Roebuck at times. Roebuck would write about or talk about players who rose or teams who rose to the small occasion. Uh, Martin's been an amazing player, played some of the most breathtaking white ball innings I've seen in a New Zealand shirt, but I don't know that he, he quite 
lives up to that at World Cups. So I would be perhaps looking as they prepare for the next T20 World Cup at perhaps another option at the top instead of him. I think that's something they, they need to develop. Um, but yeah, it's just good that, that Williamson, Bolt, Southie, etc. are going to be back for the West Indies trip. Um, that's, that's important, but I was surprised and I'd be interested in your thoughts on Cleaver missing out. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed there. I think he did enough in the brief opportunities that he's got. They seem pretty hell-bent that uh, Tom Latham is their man. Um, and uh, just looking at this particular squad uh, that has been named, he'll have to be in both forms of the game, really, unless they use Phillips as a keeper in the T20 uh, side of things. Uh, Michael Bracewell's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. We're, there's a bit of a trend here. If you look at uh, the age of some of these players getting introduced, that uh, you leave them a bit later, and they come good a lot quicker, and Bracewell falls into that, Mitchell falls into that, uh, Conway, to a certain extent, falls into that category as well. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of self-sufficiency about New Zealand cricket, about guys having to learn their craft, um, needing years of experience on the domestic circuit. We don't, we don't produce guys out of school, particularly who go flying into to international cricket the way that perhaps they do on the subcontinent. So the experienced campaigners that know their game, that know their limitations, importantly, and, and can play within those are um, are important. And we have a lot of multi-school cricketers, guys like Brace, like Mitchell, that do a bit of everything. Um, that's that's the New Zealand method. And we have a lot of bits and pieces players, and it's about, from a leadership point of view, uh, getting those resources and getting them in the right sort of scheme of things and the right game plan so that you don't have a lot of guys who can do a bit of everything, but guys who actually can contribute and, 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 and perform those roles well and with a, like a clear idea of what they are, whether you're a finisher, whether you're a partner, whether you're ticking it over in the middle, like whatever you're doing, having multi-school players who can perform different roles is an aspect to New Zealand. Are you at all worried about Kane Williamson and his role in the side at the moment? I was worried when he didn't play the domestic summer. The, 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 the prioritising of IPL cricket, which pays his way, and I understand that, over playing test matches for New Zealand at home, that, that disappointed me. Um, the obviously the underwhelming uh, IPL for the Sunrisers. Um, I think he's still in, he's an important member of that team. Whether he's slightly falling out of first choice category, I don't know. Like I just in general, I like to see him score more runs, and that's goes without saying. Everyone would like to see that. Is this game up to it? I. We've, we've just seen Ben Stokes give 50 over cricket away so he can concentrate more on test cricket. I wouldn't be disappointed if we got five years of Williamson as a test player and didn't see him in one mm. more cricket. Yeah, I'm, I'm about the same, actually. Um, I, I think that should be his priority. I mean, that's a, he's a very pure test batsman. I'd hate to see him lost to the game or all of that fall away because of uh, outside influences and that being other forms of the game. So um, the, the other thing, uh, Hamish, just before I let you go, what, the Commonwealth Games, does it do it for you? No, no, it doesn't. Um, I'm watching women's golf, actually, in the background here. I enjoy that. That's something that I do like to watch. Um, Commonwealth Games, no, it's... I struggle with, I've probably mentioned this to you this before, I, I, meet, I struggle with the legitimacy, legitimacy of some sports. I think there's some cheating going on, some drug taking going on. Um, I find the Commonwealth Games are sort of a poor man's event in many respects. I'm not a big nationalist. I did, once upon a time, follow the Black Caps round uh, England as a punter in 1999. I was quite emotional seeing them win at Lords, standing beneath the players' balcony at the Oval when they won the series and and Bob Willis begrudgingly handed the trophy to Stephen Fleming. Like I, I actually teared up on those occasions. Um, but I'm not at heart a big nationalist. So because a New Zealand person is doing something doesn't mean I'm interested in it. And 
we do a lot of flag waving around things like Commonwealth Games and Olympic Games, and they don't really do it for me. I hate to be a, a cynic or a grump, but that's it's just my nature. Cool, actually, cool. I, I don't think you're uh, you're sitting alone in that taxi either. I think uh, a lot of people will feel the same way about the the Commonwealth Games and the necessity to continue to continue having them. However, they are on very shortly. Uh, Hamish Pidwell, you've had to fly solo this morning. You opened the batting and you uh, batted at the end of the order as well. Thank you so much uh, for your input this morning and uh, we shall have another panel uh, tomorrow at the same time. Hamish Bidwell there uh, making a major contribution and we thank him for that. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.